All right, welcome back to Mixed Media Live. Well, if you're listening to this in post, it's not live anymore. So if you didn't know, you can uh, find links in the description, whether you're on audio only or uh, you're on YouTube or Rumble or wherever you are in the description. There is a link to our live platforms that you can go to to get notifications for when we do go live. Uh, Nathan uh, just talked about, yeah, different distribution platforms uh, with games, the problems that they have. Uh, mostly Steam is uh, kind of garbo. <laughs> so if you want to hear why, then you can uh, head over to that uh, on our platforms. Uh, so with that, let's begin the hot take. So arguing with Reddit is a segment that we do. Uh, it started off with uh, sort of all of us reacting to hot takes in several rounds, and it sort of morphed into this little segment that we do to sort of break up the live show and break up the kind of content that we offer. It looks like you guys like that. Um, I see that, you know, that variation does work pretty well. So, uh, yeah, give us a thumbs up so that we know to continue uh, doing this stuff. So we're going to do it. We're going to pull up uh, the hot takes that... Well, I didn't find them this week because I didn't have time. So producer wife found them. Uh, so I don't know what's in them. And uh, Nathan found. I don't know. If, did you find one for yourself yet? Or at all, Ben? Or I have something I can respond to. But I don't have a screenshot of it. All right. Let me start with uh, one of these random ones here. So I think this one comes from producer wife, Steph. And it says, uh, <laughs> I think this was, this was kind of a meme one. Uh, what does the fox say is good at, on a musical level with the exception of the annoying noises the singer makes during the drop? Uh, <laughs> really random uh, internet opinion here. Uh, <laughs> and the song's outro is actually amazing. The giant buildup of tension and release that happens after the final chorus has a ton of emotion in it, and it's really well done. I'm not sure why they wanted to put what's supposed to be this epic emotional climax at the end of a song that's entirely a joke. That's entire joke is annoying noises funny, but it's very good. With 24 upvotes, 17 comments, 87% upvoted. Uh, thank you, Ayuzuki, uh, for your hot take. I don't. I don't know that I can really say anything on this. I'm not even sure that I've ever heard the whole song. I may have heard like I think I know the chorus, but I really don't know that I've heard the song. So I don't know that I can speak intelligently about it. I'm interested in listening to because I want to know like what tension release there could would be in in a song of, of this style because that's not something I would associate with this kind of style. But to to this particular point, I really can't offer anything, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's pretty Lowell's opinion. I'll, I'll actually just uh, do the other one that a uh, uh, producer wife found. So this one says, it doesn't matter if it's quote-unquote real music. It only matters if it sounds good. And their explanation of that is, I just don't get people who immediately dismiss today's music because there are no guitarists or drummers playing instruments. I understand people just don't like new music and that's fine but most people don't even give it a listen because it's not real music before you say anything my parents played me their music from the 80s and told me new music sucks because it's not real i do concede i was really into uh abba what's that that's <laughs> abba abba was... like the band oh that that is the band's name okay i thought it was an acronym I, i'm not familiar <laughs> i was a simple kid so i believed them <laughs> 
I then really realized that I think new music is great. They can't stand the idea of music without a guitarist or drummer. I looked at reviews and articles about this, and so many people share this opinion. I can't tell you what to, to like, but if that is you, why do you care about the realities, about realities, than if it sounds good? 46 upvotes. Thank you, James, on r slash unpopular opinions. I've heard this take before, actually, surprisingly. Like, one other time that, like, uh, synthetic music is, is, is inherently worse than non-synthesized music because there are no uh, instrumentalists or whatever. Yeah, so I don't know that this person is really wording this in the best way because what I think they mean is is that um, they're they're upset with people who say that contemporary American, presumably American, but obviously there's some other you know not countries that, that fall would fall under perspective, but we'll just say American. We'll, we'll scratch the country. I think what they mean is that a lot of contemporary pop music is not real music compared to classic rock or like things more closely aligned with classic rock. And um, I mean, one, I don't know that I really have encountered that. And two, I mean, Look, if you're gonna if you're gonna argue that, I mean that, that's a pretty limited. You're really limiting yourself because music is way more than just like the Beatles to I don't know Journey or something like that. Like, music is way bigger than that. You know, it, like across time and also like across even within a given time across you know cultures. Uh, so it's a I mean. You need to, if you're going to make that argument, you got to first phrase it exactly how you know, phrase it correctly. And so, not only do I think I think this actual post is phrasing it correctly, but I think that the person, the, the kind of thing that they're that people they're responding to are also probably not phrasing that correctly. But if we just limit it to like rock and roll through like even indie music today, but still involves a lot of acoustic instruments versus the kind of synthesized world that started coming around in the, the end of the 70s. Um, so even if we just limit our limit ourselves to that, if we really want to respond to this, I mean, you can ask yourself what music is, and that's a really in-depth question. It doesn't really have an answer. But yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Uh, you, you know, I think I, I would certainly call anything that's you know made through with synthesis and electronic instruments music um some things there are things that i would would say maybe are not music in the same sense as like we normally mean music um but that wouldn't be encompassed by by this like i'm not sure i consider like john cage and like truly chance music to be music because even if the end result is musical, there's not. I think there's an element of intentionality that needs to be there for it to be music. But we're not talking about that. So yeah, I consider all you know all of these things to be in the uh, post author's words, uh, real music. Does it mean that I necessarily like everything? No, but I wouldn't necessarily like anything. Everything that's considered real music by the people this person is referring to either. 
But do I think there's a, a difference between things that are synthesized and things that involve real musicians? And that's a harder question. And I, I'm not going to put a, I wouldn't put a value judgment on it as this person is saying that other people do. But do I think there's a slight difference? Yes. Uh, I think if you can do it with live musicians, then it's better to do it with live musicians. But if you know what you're doing with electronic things and you, you know, you have the intention to do it that way, you're not just like deliberately saying, I'm, I'm just not just something inherently wrong with acoustic instruments, which I don't know people who do that. But if you didn't, sure, you know, then maybe you're, you're, you're kind of cheating yourself as a musician, but otherwise, you know, there, there are things that live music musicians add to music, but they can't necessarily do everything that, that you might want them to do. So, you know, if you know what you're doing and you know why a live instrument isn't the correct choice in, in a particular circumstance. Yeah, I would also add that, like, yeah, it, you know, it's weird when people get like this about stuff and they say, oh, the old versus the new. It's like, yeah, I think I, your parents are being weird about it. But, you know, a, v- a more valid opinion could be like, I like... I think, or let me try to make it more of of an objective statement from their point of view. If they said something like the eighties, eighties music in general, or eighties pop music in particular in general is better than today's pop music. That's something you could actually have a discussion about. But like, if you're saying one music is real over the other, that's already like kind of demeaning just in of itself. And, uh, you know, that's not really as, uh, I don't think that's a, useful uh thing to talk about uh okay so this one is from nathan let me see what this says so it says this is from level seven king music is about cashing a check now you have to listen to independent music to get anything real anymore i think the second half of that uh sentence is uh the more interesting part yeah go ahead that's probably again uh genre specific yeah i think it depends on what you're listening to and what you're talking about um i mean there's plenty of nice music uh for instance obviously a lot of what we talk about on this show is like media music which is not independent you're contracted to write something you don't own it at the end of, of composing it um, I think there's a lot of value in some of that music. So, but I I can see that um, in certain, particularly pop genres, um, that you know you, you, some things may come off as being more artificial uh, from from you know larger labels. But it, you know again, it, it, I think it probably varies by what person you're talking about too. Because I think a lot, a lot of these bigger people do care about music. They may not necessarily, you know, write all of their own things, or maybe they don't all approach music in the same way. And maybe, you know, maybe you could ask questions about um, people, you know, especially like the Disney, young Disney stars who are brought up and, you know, raised to be musicians I mean, I don't know any of them, right? I've never talked to any of them, but I would, I would, I would wonder, um, for instance, how, you know, what their perspectives on music 
are now compared to when they were, I don't know how young they were, when Disney snatched them up and turned them into little stars on, you know. But, uh, or Nickelodeon and other things like that. You know, so you could probably ask, well, obviously I can't ask them, but I think that is maybe a question you could, you could explore. Oh, no. Ben, Ben, you broke up for a moment. I don't know. Okay. Well, I'm going to take this opportunity to talk about something. (laughs) It's something I found out recently, right? It's music-related. This is what I'm saying this now. There's this thing called the Unison Chord Pack you can buy, right? And what it is is this company called Unison sells chords. I was like, what do you mean selling chords? How does that work? Like MIDI files of chords. Like literally like you can buy yourself a C major like with like the MIDI file, right? What? And I was like, it's just it's straight up a scam. Like there's no like there's actually no there's no value to it. Right. But they sell like they say like oh we have so many scales or so many chords. Dude, they're selling like not only selling major chords, they're selling like they're saying they have more than they really have because they have like C major, D major, you know what I'm saying? And they just keep going up, you know what I'm saying? So for anyone who doesn't know music, like this is the equivalent to like someone saying like uh oh to do your like art your visual art i'm gonna sell you a circle it's like what the heck <laughs> <laughs> and uh you can't make the circle yourself the the, the in, in fact the uh, advertising for unison uh mini uh, chord pack essentially says like music theory is is like is like for losers essentially like you shouldn't <laughs> learn music theory just grab our chord pack because if you're learning music theory the first like one of the first things you learn is like what a chord is and how to construct like basic chords, like major and minor chords, right? Right. And then, you know, from there you, you learn more advanced chords, or whatever, and stuff like that, right? But literally what they do is say, you don't need that. What we're gonna do is we're gonna need chords. And you just gotta line you gotta put them, you lined up. That's how you made that's a recipe for very, very generic music for our stuff. <laughs> Number two, you can get MIDI chord packs for free. Like literally, because they're just simple, like as I said, it's as simple as selling a circle. Like you can find programs with circles in them for free. You know what I'm saying? It's not a big deal. But uh, yeah, and like the whole, we have not only we have C major, we have D major. That's like saying like not only do we have a circle of one unit radius, we have a circle of two unit radius. It's like, dude, you just shift the chord up, dude. It's not that hard. But uh, yeah, that's I actually that's mind blowing. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. yeah, I don't even like. What do you do? Like, you buy it and then what? Like, you could just yeah. You get you get you get like the MIDI file for all the chords, so you can drag it into your DAW. But it's like, <laughs> why don't you just make it yourself in the DAW? You can't just <laughs> hit the three notes on the piano. Nope. Apparently, that's too complicated. <laughs> it has to be even simpler. <laughs> that's, that's you can't use the free ones that exist. Apparently, that's that's not good. Don't 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 limit be don't limit salesmen, man. <laughs> they can sell anything. <laughs> that's pretty crazy. That's that's fascinating. What were you saying before, Ben? Though before you cut out, because you're you're fully back now. <laughs> oh, um, what was I saying? I guess. I mean, I understand though that like on some level, a lot of popular music does feel more you know tightly produced and managed, and therefore maybe. At least, at least it probably seems less authentic than a lot of indie stuff. But to be fair, is you know, indie artists are also kind of going after money in the same way too, or else they can't survive, right? Uh, so they're equally as motivated by by profit in some way, in some ways, I would say, uh, because maybe you know, it's it's some level uh, you don't worry about profit, but like anything that's like large and indie has to worry about profit 
And then it, yeah. at that point, you know, is it really that different? I don't know. I just say like, you know, I think these kinds of mentalities, like, I don't think there's just not, there's not this great divide between economics and art. You know, they, they are intertwined. Um, if you try to create that great divide, you'll find very easily that either the arts die or the uh, economics die. And that's, that's okay. That's literally just the constraints of reality. That's, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you an example. Like take someone who's super popular. There are many examples of these people. If you look at their careers objectively, you would say nothing, no decision that they made uh, early in their career correlated with something they could expect to make money from because of trends or algorithms or anything like that. Uh, It's because they thought that they, they were reaching for, you know, making good art. Right. Um, And what ends up happening is it resonates and it's okay. You can make good art that doesn't connect well. I think the bridge between those things is kind of what I'm going to be talking about in my segment, but like is marketing, you have to put, you have to put effort into people knowing who you are but that's a different question from whether people will like your stuff. Those are two different questions. If they never hear your stuff, they can't decide whether they like it, they like it or not, right? So, you know, I was, the example I was going to give was like take like a like a Kendrick, right? Like his most acclaimed album, "To Pimp a Butterfly." If you listen to that thing, it does not sound like the time that it was produced in. It doesn't sound like anything actually. It sounds extremely delicate at the same time, extremely complex, very well thought out. The the jazz influences are are more extreme than they used to be in like older hip hop. They're just, you know, it, it's 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 amazing stuff, but you wouldn't uh you wouldn't know it. You would you wouldn't you wouldn't guess that that would be the thing to blow up, but he made it anyway, right? Because yeah, he cares about making money, of course, but like he also just made a thing that he wanted to share that he thought was good actually. So I think the the biggest common denominator, or the or the I shouldn't say that the biggest thing you can do for yourself always is to just become a better artist. That's always the the biggest thing you can do for yourself. Yeah, yeah. I think it's also sort of the the whole like Beethoven narrative that somehow I think has also worked its way even into contemporary pop music, where you know. The, the the kind of way oversimplified narrative is that you know all the other you know big composers or pretty much every composer out there prior to Beethoven you know was an employee of somebody and they you know wrote music when they're asked to write music you know Bach was employed by various churches and they would say you need to write a mass this weekend so you write a mass for each weekend or Haydn you know was employed by the Esther House like family and their own orchestra and say, great, we want a new symphony for, you know, our party next weekend. You're going to write a new symphony. And, you know, Beethoven comes along and it's like, I'm not, I'm going to write music and I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to sell it and I'm not going to, I'm not going to be employed by somebody. But that's a really oversimplified view of, you know, who, what Beethoven did. It's not like Beethoven only wrote pieces he wanted to write. He was commissioned all the time. He just didn't have one sole employer for you know a long long term. So you know that's part of the, that narrative that you know if you are an independent artist, you can create independent art and it's of greater value and greater artistic merit. Uh, that's really not a very accurate narrative. In fact, uh, if you want to convince yourself of this fact, go to uh, r slash what is it the composer one the 
No, not the. It's like R slash original music. That's the that's the interesting one. I think that has all the. I'm sorry to say, <laughs> lower quality uh, stuff on there. But go there. All those people are independent artists. Is that a qualifier for good stuff in of itself? No. Like even go on R slash short films and how many of those people are noteworthy on on that platform? You know, I mean, you know, a lot of people are on their way to somewhere potentially, but that's. You know, being underground or indie is in and of itself a badge of honor, I don't think. And I think people stress that way too much. You can find better stuff in the indie world, and you can also find better stuff in the commercial world. It doesn't have to be this great divide. And your hot take, Ben, what was the what was the thing you yeah. wanted to respond to? So, so I don't know if it was so much of a hot take, but it's something I just want to respond to in a factual way. I, I saw something that was kind of making its rounds on um, on on social media, and it was it's a it was a post by someone who claims to have worked in some capacity in, in production on the latest J.K. Uh, what's it Fantastic Beasts and How to Find Them film, which I guess that I don't even know if they're making a new one, but apparently I guess they're making number three or something like that. <laughs> they don't need to. Anyway, but, but so this person is uh, on the post. They basically say uh, if you if you watched movie. On any and in any way, you're just going to be giving money to J.K. Rowling, and you know she doesn't need money because she's a very bigoted person. And okay, and then they continue that the the only people who make money after the film, right? The person says you're not supporting me or any of the other people who worked on the film. You're only supporting the directors or producers, J.K. Rowling indirectly. And the actors who agreed, you know, to highlight themselves in promotion of a work, um, which is demeaning to the trans community. So leaving aside any, I'm, I'm going to leave aside any questions of like J.K. Rowling herself, all right, and, and the moral issues with that. Not not wading into that, but just just to counter that only the directors, producers, and the you know, frontline, above-the-line actors get paid anything after the film. Whether this person who's posted this actually worked on the film or not, uh, it doesn't mean that everyone who works in some point in the film understands how things work with everyone else in the film world. Um, so on the music side of film, you get paid very, very little, on any, any, certainly on anything union in the United States, get paid very, very little upfront to produce the music, work on it in some manner, record it, play on it. And the contract is such that you make royalties afterwards. And that's generally how you make almost all of your money if you're on the music side of things. So just to counter that, musicians also, most of their living, or at least the living they're making from film music, comes from sales streams you know views in theaters that sort of thing so they that that is relevant to them so it's not just you know if you want to take that route uh of, of saying that you know you want to boycott this film so that you hurt rawling and also the people who like chose to you know be involved in some immoral project because it's headed some way by J.K. Rowling, um, and you want to hurt them, just remember that you do actually 
have some financial impact if nobody watches this film uh, you'll have some impact on the people on the music side of it despite what this person claims to be fair the the laws may be you know slightly different i assume it was recorded in um in london and so contractual laws may be a little bit different and you may get a little bit more upfront but as a general rule if you want to you know boycott films and think that you're not hurting anybody because at the you know lowly people who held the boom or whatever like the right is they've already made their money this is generally not true is this person claimed to have worked on the film uh yes the person claims th- without saying what exactly their role in production was that they worked on set somehow i'm gonna assume they were a pa <laughs> and they have a, PA. a production assistant they get paid like well either literally nothing or uh like they're an intern functionally okay. <clears throat> or basically nothing uh and they don't get royalties <laughs> afterwards um so this person is just talking out of uh their rear end about speaking for everyone else which is all too common stop speaking for other people speak for yourself yeah again not related at all to like the film just as a general rule like just remember that that the music side makes most of its money almost all of its money after the fact not they don't get paid hardly you know make it paid hardly anything up front also if you find it that objectionable why did you work on the film (laughs) that's the other question that came to mind if it's that objectionable then why the heck did you work on it (laughs) that's kind of (laughs) strange 